Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is episode nine of Believe in the Houston Texans. I am one part of this amazing show. I am Ruben Calavillo, joined by Harley, the man himself, the Duganator. Harley, seven days away. And I have to say, this past four or five days have made me more nervous, more anxious, and more excited for this damn draft to come up, man. I don't know what the hell the Houston Texans are doing. Yeah, we have absolutely no clue. (laughs) We don't have no two cents to put together on what the Houston Texans are going to do. I'm lost, really lost with them. No words. No words. It's it's kind of like not so long ago, it was just clear. It was C.J. Stroud at two. Yeah. Now there's more rumblings that the Houston Texans are not sold. We are hearing some Will Levis conversations, some Will Anthony, you know, um, Anthony Robbins, I'm sorry, Richardson conversations. And it's just like seven days cannot come fast enough. We will be doing a mock draft for this Houston Texans team here for Believe. And you see Bryce Young goes off number one to the Carolina Panthers. No surprise there. You know, I saw an interesting tweet, Harley, and it said that, you know, now that everyone knows what the Panthers are doing, it's kind of inevitable at this point is Bryce Young. Everyone's board is waiting on what the Houston Texans are going to do. If you don't trade, I'm sorry, if you don't take a QB, you have so many teams willing to trade up with, with the Cardinals and, you know, the Colts are there at three. Um, I've seen someone uh, mock draft the Titans moving all the way up to, you know, to three. Also, everyone is waiting for what the Houston Texans are going to do. Yeah, man, it's we control the draft board, apparently. And look, uh, at the end of the day, we, when we when we we're all said and done, because Nick Casario had his little uh, 7.30 interview with 6.10 on local Houston sports radio. And he did not, like, we basically say the same thing that we just said to start this video. We have no clue what the Texans are doing. Nick Casario did not make any point clearer. Like, mm-hmm. this is him. This is what he does. It was vintage Nick Casario. It was a master class interview by him. He didn't give up any little tidbits whatsoever. Uh, it just seemed like... The only tidbit you got is the Houston Texans will be open to trading even if it's within the division. Cool, I guess. that That's awesome. That, I mean, the only team you really want to trade with the Titans all the way to two so they could get a C.J. Stroud? I'm not wanting to do that. No. Titans better give me their the rest of their first-round picks for the next six years, like, and that's not possible. So um, I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I really do believe they, they're going to take C.J. Stroud. I mean. You think they're going to be forced to? Oh man, forced is tough. Uh, so, like, the ESPN mock draft just came out three days ago. You had Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, you know, one, you know, Mel Kuyper did one, Todd McShay did two. Yeah. And Todd McShay said that he has no clue what's going on inside the organization with the Texans. But he did say that he does believe that at the end of the day, the Texans are going to grab their quarterback, and he drafted C.J. Stroud. 
And that is kind of who we are all expecting to be with the number two pick here. Where CJ Shot wins is accuracy. Our chat and data would say Shot is the most accurate quarterback in this class, although having a lot of open wide receivers <laughs> can skew that a little. Almost never misses layups and errs on these safe sides with misses. Harley, can you agree that CJ Shot is very accurate? Yes, he's very, very accurate. I could also agree that he had a lot of open wide receivers mm. and a lot of great talent at Ohio State, but that's not his fault. He plays with the players that are with him. I will say the thing that is eye-opening is his stats under pressure. Mm. It is not pretty. He sh he has like a 42% completion percentage under pressure. The NFL is going to sniff you out real quick if you don't get that fixed. And that's with having one of the best online in college. Great segue, Harley. Where he can improve is poised under pressure. He'll get trial by fire in this regard next season as few teams drafting early have a great offensive line. After playing with one of the best online in college football, it will be a far cry from what C.J. Stroud is used to. Now, the Houston Texans, they've kind of upgraded their offensive line per se. They made Lermy Tunsil the highest paid left tackle for a couple of days. You know, Titus Howard is going through his, um, you know, his contract year. So this is the year where you're expecting the ball out. Yeah. You're, you know, you're two guards. You traded for Shaq Mason. You're excited for Kenyon Green. Ah, you, something nope. there. All you need is a center, man. Yeah, I think so, too. We've, we've elaborated on the offensive line. We've elaborated in uh, talking about that we need a center and how it's the backbone of this offensive line for this scheme. C.J. Stroud could come into a team that has an improved offensive line. You mentioned the additions. Sure, it's a, out, it's a far cry from Ohio State and what he had in terms of their offensive line production. But, I mean, you're getting top five, top three left tackle. Titus Howard ain't no, ain't no slack whatsoever. Nope. Shaq Mason was a top five right guard, uh, according to PFF. Uh, Kenyon Green should show improvement this year. He looks a lot leaner. Mm -hmm. He's cut a lot of the baby fat, which was talked about amongst local radio that he was, you know, he needs to look like a man, baby fat. Exactly. And then a center, you know, as of right now, you don't have one. Mm -hmm. uh, you signed a guy from the Miami Dolphins, I believe it's Deitmer or something, Mike, um, but he should not be your starting center. You should look into drafting one. Hey, he should come in here with an offensive line that's going to give him time in the pocket. Yeah. He has a Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary. Mm. Give him another weapon or two, and why not? Why not? And just the pros on C.J. Stroud, accurate to every level of the football field. Feathery touch does a beautiful job layering balls over the middle of the field. Quick processor from the pocket with anticipation throws littered all over his tape. Some of the cons under him, we mentioned it. Performance under pressure was rough this season, and that is worrisome considering how big his pockets were in 2022. Arm talent is nothing special, and it suffers when he's on the move. And escapability in the pocket is a concern. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always fill the rush well. CJ Stroud, you are a Houston Texans, <laughs> and it kind of feels like the weight is lifted off your shoulder, Harley, by drafting a QB. Yeah, yeah. It brings hope to this franchise. Mm -hmm. C.J. Stroud, where I, I have my doubts around him, I do, but he's still the general consensus number two quarterback on every Nationals board, uh, big board. And look, at the end of the day, my concerns, my doubts, they go away because he's getting placed in a Shanahan-Kubiak system. Yeah. And we know how this system works. We've seen it firsthand with 
the man himself, Gary Kubiak. Yeah. We've seen Kyle Shanahan here. We've seen them work with a mid-average quarterback and turn him to a good, almost great at times quarterback in Matt Schaub. Okay, we've seen it with the Cincinnati Bengals play similar. Sean McVay has adaptations of it. It's sprinkled across the league. And hey, Joe Burrow, I mean Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud, if he is the general consensus number two quarterback, I expect him to be very successful in this system. Harley, how do you feel about pick 12? Because when I look at the board here, I really don't see anyone that catches my eye. If J.A. Sen is there, Jackson Smith and Jigba, then maybe. But let's look at who was offering us some trades. The New England Patriots, who had the 14th pick. Seattle Seahawks, they have the 20th pick. However, Harley, is there anyone you like on the board here at 12? You know, you're not at that stage to me where you can pick out of luxury Mm -hmm. because I would be screaming for Devin Witherspoon. And I really do like Devin Witherspoon. I really do. Uh, He he can play everywhere as a cornerback, inside and outside. He's very versatile that way, even though we don't like using that word anymore. But Devin Witherspoon is very legit. There's a lot of good cornerbacks you know, with him on there, Joy Porter Jr. is there too. I prefer Witherspoon um, if he's there. But when you look at the cornerback position, it shouldn't scare you away from drafting them. No. But in terms of draft position, draft value, just mm, uh, I'm not I, – I, I can't sell myself to that. I'd rather trade down. So let's say the, the New England Patriots off you pick 14 – and pick 46 to move up 12. Are you doing that? Oh, it says it's not. Un- it's unlikely. What, what do you think is a good compensation for the Houston Texans? Oh, man. When you think when you take a look at it, it's only two spots. Um, so if it's 14 or if it's the Seahawks, whatever. If the Seahawks, then it's eight slots. And then I'm asking for one more. <laughs> You're asking for one more what? One more pick? Give me 83. Let's do 83. Do we give them anything? Uh, you know, it's you can. 104 just to sweeten the deal. Sure. Why not? Why not? They declined. Let's they just throw in one more for the sake of argument. <laughs> I am excited for the Houston Texans at pick 12, right? You know that Nick Casario is going to just, you know, you know, he's going to make a move. We saw it last year. In the first round, the Houston Texans started with the 12th, I believe, and went all the way back to, what, 15 or 16 to select Kenyon Green. Yeah. They traded up for John Mechie, which they gave a lot for. They, If you look at the year before that, they traded up for Nico Collins as well. So Nick Casario is not scared about moving up. No, he's not. We've seen it before. Nick is very trade happy. Okay, yeah. We've seen him many, many times. At pick 20, Harley. I look at the board. I see a couple of names that have fallen. Kalijah Kansi, the guy Joy Porter Jr., who you just mentioned. Yeah. I'm looking at Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College, and I'm thinking if you uh, need a dynamic weapon, mm-hmm. why not get some people have them as the number one player on this board? I'm sorry, the number one wide receiver on this board. Yeah, uh, I'm taking Zay Flowers. <laughs> just – uh, what he can do when when you hear D'Amico Ryans and he talked about, you know, we're trying to get the ball to dynamic players, you know, and 
You're not trying to get the ball to no Rex Burkheads, okay? Nope. You're trying to get the ball to guys that get them in space, which Zay Flowers does very well. And there should be a lot of off, you know, uh, movement, pre-snap movement for Zay Flowers. Get him running. Get that quick hike it as he's running, throw it, bubble screen. You got Nico Collins right there, who is a really good blocking wide receiver. You get him right there all six for him to hopefully maybe take out two guys and then have Zay Flowers get with a one-on-one where it's just him, ball, safety slash cornerback, and whose feet movement is better. I'm going to bet a thousand times it's Zay Flowers. I would take him immediately. Great route runner, all that stuff. What is his role? Movable weapon. You want defenses to not know where Flowers is going to be on any given yeah. play because of how much of a mismatch problem his athletic profile presents. Harley, you hit it right on the head. Get <laughs> him mashed on a linebacker or a safety and it's over. Where he wins is quickness. If Flower doesn't want you to touch him, chances are you won't. He has that rare ability to sprint in any direction in the blink of an eye. I'm not sure if you watch um, Steve Smith Jr., but he broke down these wide receivers and he loves safe flowers, right? He says he attacks the ball, you know, at the high point. He's not afraid, you know, to contact. He also challenges the corners and safeties when he's given the opportunity to make a play on the ball. CJ Stroud and Zay Flowers, that excites you in the first round. Yeah, I am stupid happy. He's a big play, a big play target for you. C.J. Stroud will be extremely happy for it. D'Amico Ryans will be extremely happy for it. We would be extremely happy for it. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, the Houston Texans, because they traded back, they have an extra second-round pick. Just to wrap up the first round, just to add on to your point, you're getting two dynamic weapons for your offense. Everyone's expecting this to be your quarterback wide receiver duo for the next 10-plus years. You are excited for this, right? The excitement is at an all-time high, and everyone's waiting to see what the Houston Texans do the very next day on Friday. Now, I think at pick 33, we should go edge. What about you? Um, Yeah, I see some notable names there, uh, and I do not mind looking at what I'm looking at. You have Felix on a Duque Ozoma. Uh-huh. You have a BJ Ojolari. Uh, those two guys right there, pick, I mean, you know, do a coin flip. I'll, I'll take either or. Felix Anodake, Uzama, big guy, is one of the best edge benders in the draft class. He's a type of edge rusher that's going to convert a lot of pressures to sacks because of that. Of his 89 pressures the past two seasons, 21 of them ended up in sacks. He could get to the QB. What is his role every down edge? Anudake Uzama's tape this past fall proved you don't want him kicked outside over tackles, but that was already evident with the skill set. He's an edge rusher who could ha- who can handle an every down workload should you want to give it to him. Yeah, my thing with Uzama is he is 255, and it makes me question whether mm-hmm. or not uh, he could be a really good run stuffer, a hard edge setting guy, and the edge for D'Amico Ryans. When you look at his defense, uh, and you look at the overall playing weights of his defensive lines. Uh, the lightest guy was Ibukum, Sam Ibukum, who was like 249. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's Nick Bosa at 265. Uh, I'm, I hope uh, Uzoma, who should be a fantastic pass rusher, I have no problem with it. 
I, I, I do have some, not a lot, okay? This isn't mm-hmm. crazy. If I'm really getting into it, a slight concern with him setting the edge and being a productive run stopper. Perfect. Now let's look at BJ Ujlari. Mm. Mm. He's the younger brother of Giants edge rusher and second rounder Aziz. Oh. He's a similarity undersized edge with an array of pass rusher moves at his disposal. He saw playing time ever since his freshman year and racked up 127 pressures over three seasons. The bottom line, Ujilari could have benefited from another year in a college rate room as it stands. He's still a very technically sound rusher who will add juice to a third down package. Yeah, the same resentment I have for him, uh, except Inudike Uzama. Uh, he's just a little bit thicker. He's just a little bit bigger than Ujilari. I know it's seven pounds difference, but when you look at both of them, Anuduki looks like more like a like like a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in Ujilari, not to say he's a boy, but he is really really good. He's got a lot of potential. Uh, I don't mind it at all, but I would lean I would lean with Uzoma before Ujilari. Let's go ahead and do that. I would be even more excited, right? It shows that the Houston Texans are, you know, are paying attention to what they didn't do in free agency, right? Edge was not, uh, you know, not invested in. Center, like we just mentioned before, is not invested in. Do you think the Houston Texans should go center with the 37th pick here from what we got from trading back? Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely needed. I don't know who's there available right now. The, um, the three good ones, John Michael Schmitz, Luke I, I Whipler, know I love John Michael and Joe Tittman. Uh, I'm a huge fan of John Michael Schmitz. I'm banging the table for him. I think he's the best center in this draft. I think you can get Tittman at a good value, um, but in PFF has John Michael Schmitz really low. I don't know why. Um, if he's still there at 33, I'm running to the board and not thinking of it twice uh, realistically. But in terms of, you know, our mock draft at 37, yeah, I would I would take John Michael Schmitz immediately. He's just consistent, man. He's just filthy. He destroyed the senior bowl. Oh man, I I take I take John Michael Schmitz every day. Schmitz was the single highest graded center in the FBS this past season at a 92.4 overall. He is on the bigger side for the position at six foot four and 320 pounds, yet did his best work on the move and an outside heavy Minnesota scheme. Huh? The bottom line, Schultz may never be a pro bowler with his physical tools, but you're not going to complain about him starting for you either. Zone heavy scheme, huh? Mm. Hmm. What, 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 are we, what are we doing again here? I think we are doing a zone heavy scheme. You know, we yeah. are bringing that type of offense from the San Francisco 49ers, mm. which you mentioned worked with the Kubiak era is being sprinkled all around the league. And I'm sorry, Bobby Slowick, all he knows is the Shanahan system. He was with Shanahan all the way back to when they were both at Miami. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, I, that's a slam dunk pick. Slam dunk. It fits. It fits it. It makes sense. The, we all expect the Houston Texans to prioritize center in the second round. Now, with the third round here, the Houston Texans happen to have three picks from that trade as well. We went quarterback, wide receiver, edge, center. However, another position that I would like to fill, Harley, is the linebacker mm-hmm. position. We've mentioned many times. However, at 65, maybe not a lot of value here, so we'll look at something else. But okay. they met with DeMarvin Overshone, yes, Dorian Williams. 
Let's see who else will be here. You see anyone you like here? Um, well, I, I don't want to. I like Tank Dell, but I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna do it just because he did grab Zay Flowers. You get you out if they understand. He is 5'9, 180. And Tank Dell is another small receiver mm-hmm. who predominantly only plays in the slot. Zay Flowers to me has the potential to be an outside receiver. Uh, I just don't see it as much with Tank Dell, even though my bias for him is is immense. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I do like Trevay, Trey Davis, Hodges, Tomlinson, really solid cornerback. Uh, I, I have no problem with him. He's really, really solid. Okay. I don't mind him. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's got a, his size issues are a big, big answer, big question mark for me. Uh, and when you look at the 49ers and their cornerbacks, uh, they were on the, bigger end mm-hmm. so i wonder how much he would fit the system um you got siaki Ika still there that's uh, who i'm project looking at. and andre carter um let's see devon a chain is there and i don't have no problem with that uh just because you grab devin singletary doesn't necessarily mean that it should scare you away from a running back um and in siaki Ika, like i mentioned guy that can Stuff to run for you. He's not as athletic as some other defensive linemen that are going to go before him. Um, but, I mean, he's one of your typical, like they said, lunch pill guys. That's what I was going to say. He kind of reminds you of the lunch pill crew whenever you had it here in the Texans, mm-hmm. DJ Reader, Brandon Dunn, and all of them boys and company. Yeah, I think what I could hear says he's a 358-pounder who can still somehow make centers and guard miss one-on-one. He tied a career-high 33 pressures in 2021 before seeing his play become a little more consistent this past fall. They said what he needs to improve on is weight. He already struggled to be an every-down player in college at his size, which would only get um, extra surveyed at the NFL level. I could, mm. could trim down considerably and be an even more effective run defender in the league. It sounds like he just needs to lose weight. Yeah, which if you look at it, he did. Uh, so they said 358 was his playing weight. He trimmed all the way down to 335. Mm. So that's already a good – he already knows it, and he's been trying to improve on that. So, hey, I, I don't mind it. I really don't, um, especially at you're at 65. Okay, I don't, I don't mind it. I really don't. I just think when you're the Houston Texans, when you look at the defensive line, every single running back was having a career day against you. Yeah, hell yeah. You need something to help help Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins, and whoever else you got. I love Roy Lopez, but you need something to help my guy. <laughs> Here we are at pick 73. I think the draft is going so good for the Houston Texans. You mentioned – the cornerback from TCU here. I was looking at some of his stuff, and it sounds like this dude is just not scared at all. This is one of the shortest yeah. cornerbacks you'll ever see, measuring a five foot seven, six and an eighth, and 178 pounds. You wouldn't know it by the way he plays football, though. He mm-hmm. broke up 28 passes uh this past season and he picked off five more. Where he wins is fearless breaks. He comes downhill out for blood. He's going to attack the uh the catch point without a hint of hesitation. Even if that means getting there a touch early, which is why he led college football with 21 force incompletions last year. Sounds like a dog. Yes, and that's exactly what he is because of his height. Okay, he plays with that chip on his shoulder. He's that prototypical short guy that doesn't give a damn. He's going to go after you. You know, he doesn't care if you're 6'5, he doesn't care if you're six feet. He's going to go after you every single play and compete. 
Uh, to me, you immediately get a tremendous special teams guy. Um, a he's going to be slotted at the at the slot position, um, but he really he can play outside. He's a really fantastic outside corner too. Um, again, though, just his size. I know he has that dog in him, uh, but you know, from college to NFL, it is still a different league. You know, there was a similar guy that I liked in Amik Robinson that went to the Raiders a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard two words from him. You know, so and he was similar, just just as similar as Hodges Tomlinson to the description was to a T. Dog, short guy, works for everything. Amik Robinson still with the Raiders, um, but isn't nowhere where I thought he should be in terms of his stock of progression. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's what I said. When you're looking for third round picks, you're looking for starters here. Yes. And when I look at you know this board, you mentioned Andre Carter before. Yeah. Now with Andre Carter, right? There is this saying that you can never have too many edges. No. Hardly the best edge for the Houston Texans last year was Jerry Hughes. Do you know how old Jerry Hughes is? No oh, man, Jesus Christ! What is he? Thirty four now? Thirty five? Thirty four? About to be thirty five? Yep. We have no answer at edge, and the Houston Texans, you need to invest in it, right? You have D'Amico Ryans coming in. They are known for swarming the football. When you look at Andre Carter, he's kind of a physical specimen. He's in a, a unique six foot seven, 260-pound edge rusher with the kind of length that can give tackles problem. He earned a 93.4 pass rushing grade with 59 pressures in 2021. Before every school he faced came with a game plan to limit him this past fall, it's scary to think um, where his frame can go with the year-round time in the NFL weight room. Yeah, he's definitely got to hit the weight room. Um, he is he is pretty uh, lengthy. Um, by lengthy, he is not only his wingspan, which is impressive, but could be a bad connotation as well due to his his weight. I know it says two fifty six, but at six seven, it's a little. He looks light. Okay. Mm-hmm. He looks really light and uh, but the potential of what he can become, he would fit this scheme. D'Amico Ryans would play a wide nine defense. Uh, he's referenced it before the lions played a wide nine defense. Why I mentioned the lions is because your defensive coordinator, several other guys, I forgot the, the safeties coach's name that they brought in from the lions as well. Vet old veteran guy. Uh, but they're going to be playing like a wide nine defense. And he, look, he fits the scheme now that I'm reading it. He can play in a wide nine defense. He can set that edge for you. He should be a fantastic pass rusher. Uh, He's from Houston, Missouri City, Texas, you know, Mo City. Hey, nothing wrong with it. I don't mind Andre Carter. I think Texans could coach him up and and have success with him. I really do. And if that does happen, we'll watch out. (laughs) Watch out to finish off the third round. We'll pick 83. I want to have a little fun here, Harley. Mm. You mentioned his name. I was going to select him at this pick. Let's see if he's still there. He might be gone already. I was talking about, yes, the running back from AM. But here we go to a linebacker just to finish off this mock draft. The Houston Texans right now, they don't really have a youth at linebacker. The only guy who you're kind of excited for is Christian Harris. Harley, how do you feel about the linebacking core this year for the Houston Texans? Um, Look, you just need a, an, an, I've been saying it for years, even when you got Wallow, you need an influx of youth and talent. 
Uh-huh. You did it last year. You got Chris Harris. Or, yeah, Harris, is it Chris Harris? Christian oh. Harris. Yeah, Christian Harris. Uh, you know, so you got it last year. I Hey, I was hoping you could get him. I did a video on him. Yep. Texans did the interview, brought him in, worked him out, and then drafted him. He is from Alabama. I will tell you this. D'Amico Ryan is a former linebacker. And we all heard that he wanted a linebacker with the 49ers. They ended up opting to go running back in the sixth round, which was Elijah Mitchell, a very solid pick for them, uh, just up to injuries with him. But D'Amico Ryans is going to want linebackers. That's what that tells you, okay? I would not be shocked that the Houston Texans don't take at least two linebackers in this draft. And if you want a hot take, I say they take three linebackers with the numerous of picks they got. If they don't trade up using those picks or trade back, they can take a lot of linebackers this year, and I have no problem with it. You, all you got is Christian Harris. After that, Garrett Wallow, solid special teams guy. Don't mind yeah. it. Denzel Perryman, he's a veteran. That shouldn't scare you away from drafting a linebacker. Uh, who else you got? You signed Corey Littleton. Again, another veteran. He's a flip of a coin. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Uh, and then you still have Kirko, Christian Kirksey, who I don't really give a damn about. Nope. <laughs> and – when you talk about Demario Novin show from Texas, mm. they've mm. already met with him, I think, twice, right? Yes, sir. Let's look yeah. at it. First you, just, look. You, you know, like I just mentioned, not to cut you off, but like Go I, ahead, I just mentioned, Houston Texans, when they meet with people, that's exactly. usually – it feels like that's on the short list. Like, okay, let's write them down. This is a short list of guys that we're interested in drafting. It happened with Christian Harris. It could definitely happen with Dem- Demario Novin show. Didn't they also meet with Kenyon Green and uh, yes, Jalen Petrie? It seems like yes. the Houston Texans, when they meet with them, there's a good chance they might be, you know, on the squad, which is something that, you know, we like to see. With Demarion Overshone, he finally grew into an all-around linebacker Texans fans were hoping for when he first entered the starting lineup in 2020. He finished with 46 stops in, uh, in 2022 after having only 32 and 21. Immediate improvement. What is his role Will linebacker, if Overshone is staying a linebacker, is going to be on the weak side. Perhaps a team would try him out in the slot, given his athletic trait, where he can improve on is tackling. Sometimes he's biting at the ankles or he overcommits a little bit. That's just he's just trying to explode through the player. His pros and cons, very long build for a linebacker. He could shut down windows over the middle of the field. Rangy, his best plays against the run or out wide. Form is safety with the kind of hips you, uh, you would expect from one. Some of the cons, Harley, serious balance concerns on the ground a lot. Those balance issues are shown up as a tackler. He posted a, 90, a 19.2% miss rate, and he's they say he's slammed for a linebacker. However, this is the third round. D'Amico Ryan said uh, Fred Warner was a third round, and now he's one of the best in the NFL. Look, uh, I understand that as of right now, Overshone would be playing better as a weak side linebacker. Mm-hmm. Right now, Christian Harris is your weak side linebacker. So – uh, yeah, sure. Do they play the same position? Theoretically, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got D'Amico Ryans. And I don't want to sound arrogant. You know, I don't want to sound cocky with it. But D'Amico's going to play his guys to where he thinks they best fit. Mm. Christian Harris seems to best fit as a weak side linebacker. Maybe Overshawn with his speed, with his athleticism, can play that middle linebacker role for you. Maybe he can He's rangy, like they said. He's a former safety. He has to sure up the tackling, though. That is something he has to do. If he can't tackle, then it, it's going to be a very bad pick for you. Um, but 
I, I think it could work out. I really do. I really do. Harley, if I told you that the that the first few selections that involve trades, and this is how the first three rounds end for the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud, Zay Flowers, Felix Onodike Uzama, John Michael Smith, Ika, Andre Carter, and DeMarvin Overshone, that is the first three rounds for the Houston Texans. How are you feeling? Ecstatic. You yes. got hope now with C.J. Stroud. You brought in a wide receiver that, man, at times – he has shades of Antonio Brown, mm -hmm. <laughs> and without the head case, of course. Uh, Uzoma, who's a good edge setter, who could be a good edge setter for you, better pass rusher than he is edge setter. Again, potential there. You get center one for me on the board. Yeah. Uh, Ika helps an interior defensive line against the run. Andre Carter is full of potential. And Overshone, well, the Miko Ryans would be giddy to be working with him. This would be a home run for me. We are seven days away. We are getting anxious. We are getting excited. Let us know what you thought about this episode, guys. Drop your mock drafts down below. Let us know. As always, this was Believe in the Houston Texans by Ruben Calvillo and Harley Dugan. You guys have a very good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com.